Hello from ABA Annual Meeting 2017 in New York City. I'm Lawrence Coletti. I'm Linda Klein. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. Uh, We're in the Big Apple, and it is my pleasure to have the president of the American Bar Association, Linda Klein, on for an interview. I know she's super busy, so we had to slate this pretty quickly, and she's got to go pretty soon. But we have lots of great questions for her, so welcome to the show, President Klein. Thank you. Great to be back. Excellent. No, we're so glad to have you. I know uh, everything's been really busy. I think I must have talked to five plus people before I finally got to got to you to bring you to the microphone. I know you have so much going on, so it just must be a blur at this point. Well, the ABA annual meeting is always the biggest event every year for the American Bar Association. We have well over 5,000 registrants so far. So we've got thousands of lawyers here to enjoy not only the Big Apple, but all the CLE that they can eat. <laughs> and we have a question about that uh, coming up here, but it is a special event. Uh, you know, the CLE in the city session, as you were talking on an earlier podcast of ours, you know, you've got over 50 law firms involved in the CLE in the city program and 28 bar associations are participating, a thousand educational sessions this week at ABA. And this is a big, big event. CLE in the city is a new event this year, and it's the first time that non-lawyers could ever participate, excuse me, non-members could ever participate in the ABA meeting. And we're giving them a taste of the ABA. And I have a feeling we'll talk about the literal as well as the figurative taste of the ABA in a minute. Yes, we will. Uh, But we (laughs) have uh, record numbers of people that are coming to uh, taste the ABA through Sealy in the city. I've been looking in on some of the events and it is standing room only. Excellent. Excellent. So I've got some meat and potatoes questions for you. It's been a big year uh, this year for ABA. Your, uh, your tenure as president has seen a lot of things going on. I just wanted to, to get some updates on these. I know our listeners will be very interested. And so I think we'll start with your work with veterans. Oh, thank you. This has been a big year for increasing access to justice for veterans. Our democracy is certainly based on the rule of law, and there'd be no rule of law without the brave service of men and women in uniform. And our lawyers, our members, are particularly grateful for the sacrifice that uh, military veterans have made in this country. And we work in the legal system, and we know that none of it would be possible without the military's strong defense of our nation. Uh, There are about 40,000 veterans who are homeless nationwide, and here we are in New York, and about 2,400 of them are in New York State. Wow. And that's a national disgrace, and that's why the ABA is working so hard so that we can do better than that. Many homeless veterans are unaware that the problems that they face are legal problems and that they have legal solutions. So we're working very hard to help them find, uh, when they have a legal problem, how they're going to find a lawyer. The most exciting thing we've done... Well, in the past six weeks, let's say, uh, has been uh, helping the veterans to make that first step to determine whether the they have a problem that a lawyer can solve. And so we have a new online tool for that, and it's called the Legal Checkup for Veterans. We launched that appropriately on the 4th of July. Excellent. And you can find it at VeteransLegalCheckup.com. Uh, it takes just a few minutes to learn if you've got a problem that has a legal solution, and it's absolutely free. We're about to launch something called VetLex, too. Uh, That's something we've partnered with the Jones Day Law Firm to create a national pro bono network of lawyers who can help veterans. Uh, That's uh, about to launch. Uh, Maybe maybe, uh, by the time this airs, it'll launch, but it'll be at VetLex.org. We're very excited about that, too. 
All right, transitioning. I know that it's been a big year for the Legal Services Corporation. There's been some some budget cuts uh, that are that are occurring, and I know that uh, that you're on the uh, front of trying to figure out how to uh, get the Legal Services Corporation the funding that it needs. That has been something I've been working on every day since the administration's so-called skinny budget came out in March that zeroed out the Legal Services Corporation. We certainly could not afford to live with that. So we've been working on that about every day. Uh, We launched within three hours of the administration's announcement a website called defendlegalaid.org. And lawyers and uh, people from all over the country, they didn't have to be lawyers, went to that website. And we were able to tell their members of Congress exactly why they wanted the Legal Services Corporation to be fully funded. So we ask everybody who's listening, go to defendlegalaid.org, and we'll make sure that your member of Congress knows exactly why you believe that the Legal Services Corporation should be fully funded. And real quick, before we move on to the next question, um, the Legal Services Corporation, just, just for a review, what, what type of people is the Legal Services Corporation helping? Oh, this is civil legal aid for people who are very poor. A family of four has to make less than $31,000 a year. Clearly people who could not afford access to justice without the legal services lawyers at the 800 offices throughout the country. Public service loan forgiveness. Now, the ABA has initiated a suit against the Department of Education for some changes in the public service loan forgiveness program. And so I know we've talked about this on the air before, but if we could get an update, that would be wonderful. Well, just to refresh everybody's memory, uh, we have four named plaintiffs in the American Bar Association who, after trying hard, I personally went to meet uh, at the Department of Education. This is in the last administration to talk about this problem, but there were people who for years were getting certifications saying that their jobs qualified for public service loan forgiveness. They uh, paid about 10% of their salary every year uh, toward the program, and after 10 years, their loan balances were supposed to be forgiven. And then last year, they got a letter that just said, you know all those letters we sent you over the years? We take them back. And that just pulling the rug out from under public servants like this is just not acceptable. Many saw their loan balances double in this amount of time because a legal education or a graduate education in social work or so many people that are qualified, not just lawyers, they're expensive. And that's what public service loan forgiveness was designed to solve. So in December, we filed suit against the Department of Education. That lawsuit has been moving forward, and there will be a hearing on summary judgment motions by both parties on October 6th. Okay. and We so aim to win. You aim to win? Well, those are your membership dues at work there. So all the listeners out there, you can feel pretty good about the AVA and the, and the membership dues. And, you're, and if you're not a member, you should join because of these very important things that we're doing. All right. Building trust in the justice system. This was kind of a new one for me. I know you've talked about it before, but uh, this was something uh, that we saw on the uh, on some of the, the documents that we were getting from the, uh, from the American Bar Association in, in regards to our, our conference coverage. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Sure. This was something that we started last year uh, after the spate of uh, shootings uh, by the police. Uh, of uh, mainly members of the African-American community, and we wanted to know that the public's trust in our justice system can't be threatened by these horrific acts of violence involving citizens and the police, and lawyers, again, are in a unique position to bring communities together. So last year, we convened a panel of experts, including police and prosecutors and defense attorneys and academics uh, and concerned citizens, and we needed to decide what we could do. We called it the ABA Task Force on Building Trust in the American Justice System. 
In February, the task force recommended many ways that we could bring communities together. Uh, And since then, the ABA has developed a toolkit to help state and local bars and other community organizations hold community meetings to address these issues. Uh, We've had some uh, bar associations work together. I can think of two bar associations in Tampa that uh, work together to bring members of the community together to talk about this issue and start to solve this problem. All right. And I know we're going through these questions uh, pretty rapidly, but lawyers' role in ensuring high quality education. Oh, something that's very important to me personally. Uh, in our democracy, educated city- citizens are really the guardians of our, of our liberty. Uh, and without an educated citizenry, the rule of law really would be impossible. And so it's up to lawyers to ensure that every child receives education the way that he or she needs it to become an informed and productive citizen. So this year, we convened a group of experts to consider the issue. It was called the Commission on the Lawyer's Role in Assuring Every Child's Right to a High-Quality Education. And at this meeting here, it's proposing some new policies uh, that everybody can get behind to assure that young people have access to a high-quality primary and secondary education. All right, I have one last meat and potatoes question. Then we're going to get to three really quick fun ones before I know you've got to get going. So ABA Blueprint, this is a project that you put on, and maybe you could kind of recap and share some of the developments with that program. When I was president-elect of the American Bar Association last year, I went on a listening tour, and I went to meet with lawyers in small communities. And based on what I heard from them, we created ABA Blueprint. It's a one-stop shop so that all of the software and other things that you need to run a law office are all there in one place. Lawyers told me they didn't have time to choose the software. They didn't have time to find the vendors. So we put it all in one place together. We also have a link to ABA insurance. So everything you need to run a law office is there. We've had over 18,000 potential members and members come and work through ABA Blueprint and they answer the questions and it helps them pick what they need. We hope that everybody will go to abablueprint.com and take a look, check it out. So we talked about this next question a little bit before our interview started. And so it's, it's our uh, privilege this year to, uh, to interview the ABA medal winner. And, and last year, at last year's annual, we really missed that. I wanted to cover that. We just couldn't connect the dots. And so this year, the winner, of course, and, and this isn't going to be by way of spoiler, is Dean John Ferrick, who, of course, was instrumental. I think he drafted the 25th Amendment uh, to the Constitution. And so what I wanted to do is reach out to you because we're going to interview him next, actually. And uh, I wanted you to present a question to him that we can ask on your behalf. That's a real privilege, and I'm anxious for everyone to get to meet John Ferrick, even if it's just through the Legal Talk Network, because he is a humble, wonderful person, and he's the Dean Emeritus at Fordham Law School, of course. So if I could ask Dean Ferrick one question, I would ask him what it was like to be a young lawyer working with senior legal minds like Lewis Powell when he was president-elect of the American Bar Association before he became a justice on the U.S. Supreme Court and the former attorney general in the Eisenhower administration when in the early 60s they crafted the 25th Amendment. Okay, we'll make sure to ask that. Okay, I got two quick fun questions here. I know you got to get going. Uh, New York Pizza, uh, President Klein, I, I have to disagree with you. On a previous interview, you were backing the, uh, the the New York pizza versus Chicago pizza. Of course, this is Trial of Two Pizzas, which is an event that's happening uh, later today. We're actually going to be interviewing that. So I have to ask you, why are you siding with New York pizza? I was born in New York. I was raised on New York Thin Crust. So at the Trial of Two Pizzas, when we go with Chicago Deep Dish versus New York Thin Crust, I think I'll be voting for Thin Crust. I'm not a betting man, but what are the odds? The odds 
the odds that New York are going to win. Um, we'll see how many people from uh, the Midwest are out here to vote. <laughs> That's true. That could skew the um, results. But we are flying pizza in from Chicago. That's excellent. So we've got uh, New York pizza actually coming to the table, Chicago pizza coming to the table. So one last question, President Klein, before you take off to your next meeting. You've had an incredibly busy year. You've been traveling all over the place, giving lots of public speaking engagement speeches and, and uh, participating in all kinds of programs and being very involved in the American Bar Association, obviously as a volunteer away from your firm, away from your career. What is the first thing you're going to do for yourself when you hand over the gavel to President-elect Hillary Bass? I'm here in New York. I'm going to go to the theater. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Well, that's uh, all the time we have for today. We've reached the end of the road for this episode, but I do want to invite President Klein to leave some contact information for people that want to follow up. ABA president at AmericanBar.org. Excellent. Well, I want to thank our guest once more, President Klein, for joining us today and also our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you've heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. <laughs>